Well, hey there. This was Jim. This was Jim. This is Jim. And I was just thinking. Getting a little ahead on my wuzzes there. Oh, what do you do after you've been locked away in your house for a week? Right? It's bound to happen to anybody. Anyway. All right. Well, we're on the road. Let's give this a start. And let's walk up the big hill here. So, hello, everybody. I'm on the big hill, walking up to the start of another... Uh, what am I doing today? Probably four miles. Probably a four-mile run today. Clouds have parted. The sun has come out. It's now a lovely uh, 57 degrees. Shorts and a t-shirt. And I'm enjoying the sunshine. Well, it's still here because tomorrow and the weekend, which of course would make today Thursday, it's going to be cloudy and rain. <clears throat> Had a fair amount of that. So, Mother Nature is trying to make up for all the snow she didn't send us this winter. I haven't thrown away my, thrown away, listen to me, I haven't put away my snow thrower just yet, because snow is very possible around here all the way through the second week of April. We've had snow in early April before. Didn't happen very often, but it can happen. <coughs> so, and we'll wait until April arrives before I start doing the summarizing, as it were, of the winter gear and machinery. So, I winterize things that we use in the summer. You know, give them a good clean off and they go back in the garage where they need to go for the winter. You know, lawnmower and stuff like that. All the fluids get drained. Or if there's gas that I don't want to be siphoning out, put some stabilizer in there so it won't turn into essentially glue over the winter. I can use it in April when I have to mow my lawn again. Let me do the same thing for stuff that only comes out during the winter. So my snow thrower is very close to being summarized. So drain the fluids, 
give it a good clean off back of the garage it goes until I don't usually pull it out until December I'm gonna get a lot of snow around here until uh, actually we're generally get a lot of snow around here until January but pull it out and get make sure it's ready to go usually around Thanksgiving and then don't actually sit it in front of the garage until December. So, hear the birds chirping. Hopefully you can hear the birds chirping. And then I'm hoping we're coming to the end of our cooler spring weather. Yeah, I know, it's still March, but I'm anxious to see the 60s show up. Pardon ahead of time if I cough. <coughs> I had the flu at the end of uh, February. So now I have this bloody cough that is just hanging on. Some days it's much, much better. And then I'll have a day like today where it starts to come back a bit. I do find that I have better days after days when I run. Some folks coming the other way. Say hi. Hey. Stay out now, huh? Yeah, he gets up for a walk every so often, but apparently he's got a little bit of senility creeping in, so his son stopped me oh probably a month ago and said, Hey, you see him wandering around. Just make sure he's not too far from home. I guess he started to do that. Seems to be in good shape. Properly dressed and all. So, that's good. So, the spring hay is in the ground. pop out. I'd say someplace it's, it's probably about four inches. 
it's nice when it comes in. It's the first thing to green up, so it makes everything look like a big golf course. Got some crocus and bulb flowers that have popped out of the ground. Our forsythia has bloomed and most of it is already bright yellow and now starting to green up. We have a number of our flowering trees that have already bloomed. Some that are in the process of blooming. And all that stuff is very early this year. That should not happen. Flowering trees, that is, until the middle of April. So. so we'll see everything early this year. It's very pretty though. Ah, there's another runner at the top of the ridge. Everybody's getting out to run now. We are very lucky to be fans of a solitary sport in a time when you're being asked to be solitary. So I'm gonna continue my run this next telephone pole and then I'm not doing uh, segmented walk breaks like I usually do I'm just gonna do ad hoc walk breaks today so got about oh I say about 50 feet and then I'll walk the remainder of this hill and walk Got about 700 feet to go up this hill, maybe a little less. But it's all right, I'm out here for vitamin D, not to set a speed record. So I'm also out here to remember what the sun looks like. Was not around here yesterday, so we missed it. Almost feel like I should be playing uh, ELO's Mr. Blue Sky in the background. Because <clears throat> that is what it's like right now. You had to hide away for so long. What did we do wrong? It is good to see it today. So, there you go. Oh, what else? What else with me? Well, I am proud to say my calluses have come back. So I'm pretty certain part of my um, metatarsalgia I was dealing with last year, at the end of last year, 
had to do with the fact that my lovely wife talked me in to getting a pedicure. And they just did a good job on the feet. They felt like baby feet when they were done. Really did a very nice job. Um, took every callus I had on the tops and bottoms of my feet off. Had some over the knuckle, parts of my big toe. Right there were the metatarsals come together. That's what your, your toe bones are called, metatarsals, as opposed to metacarpals for your fingers, also known as a phalange. So, it's a fun medical word to say too, isn't it? Phalange. <coughs> so, anyway. All right. Top of the hill, we're on the ridge line now. Back to a little jog. <clears throat> so, yeah, so they took all that stuff off my feet in short order. I started noticing that I was having metatarsalgia pain in the ball of my feet, which I thought came from my shoes. And now, I think that pain came from losing all the protective padding that nature gave me from over a decade of running on these roads. And now running in baby feet. It has taken me up until recently to uh, to get my calluses back. So I'm noticing now, even though I'm wearing my zero shoes, I uh, I don't feel the road rocks as much as I used to. So I can run over them, and it's not. The least bit painful was initially I had to toughen my feet up a bit and I think they toughened up faster in these pseudo barefoot shoes because they had to they would have in a shoe with a big padded midsole so. thank goodness for zero shoes but they are super comfy. Um, does really feel like running in a pair of slippers. So, thanks to the shoe tying technique of my buddy Titanium Tim, my shoes do not come untied on a run and haven't since November 2018. So, so good stuff, good, good stuff. Good. All right, somebody out there with the chains, huh? Going after some, 
sort of branch. So, I don't want to spend a lot of time for this show doing all things COVID-19, but one of the things I have noticed that's very different is it's a lot quieter out here in the country because I see a lot fewer planes traveling over. Where I live is a, it's a common spot for people passing through at, you know, 10,000 feet or higher to fly over. You've got Harrisburg Airport about 45, 50 miles to the north. You've got Baltimore's airport about 65, maybe 70 miles to the south. So, there's no traffic right over my head from any local airport. So, it's a good place to pass through. So, you know, people coming from Philadelphia, which is east of me by about 100 miles, will go south of Harrisburg, fly over my house, literally, at about 20 to 25,000 feet on their way west, or people on their way to Philly will fly over my house at a similar altitude on their way east. And then, because I'm only about 50 miles north of, uh, of Baltimore, um, one notice I'll, I'll see a lot of um, southwest planes that are now heading south. So they've probably gone just, just north of me. So probably over the city of York is probably their waypoint they look for to start making their turn south. And I'll see them pretty much flying over my road as they head south to Baltimore on their final approach. I always tell the planes coming in because they're quieter than the ones that are leaving Harrisburg and going south. We'll get a couple that will, uh, depending upon how they leave Harrisburg. So if they leave headed east, Harrisburg's airport is surrounded by the Susquehanna River. So landing on that that airport is very much like landing on a carrier. There's water at both ends of the runway. So you come over the Susquehanna either way. So but if they head out east and take off they're over the Susquehanna they'll make a sharp turn if they're going south follow the Susquehanna south but the Susquehanna will be off to their left so they won't be over it they'll be west of it 
and they'll go over my house down my street. But you can hear them because they've got their jets going. Because by the time they get here, they're still probably only uh, somewhere in the five to seven, and maybe five to ten thousand feet in the air for altitude. They're not super high yet. And you can hear their engines going as they're trying to climb. Because, of course, by the time they get another 50 miles down near Baltimore, they're going to have to be way up so as to miss the traffic that's trying to land at BWI. So we'll see some of that in the morning. It's usually when I see them. But normally if I have a plane overhead heading south, I can tell it's at about 10,000 feet. I can see the red tail of the southwest plane and know it has to be going to Baltimore. It's the only way around me that southwest lands. So, Yeah, I was telling a co-worker today, I mean, normally, I go out for a run, and every 10 minutes, spot a plane. But I could probably get this entire run done, this entire four miles, get back in my house, and not see a plane going over my head. So. <clears throat> very, very different. It reminds me very much of what happened after 9-11 when they shut the airlines down for a couple days. And they sorted everything out. Very much the same feel. <coughs> but enough of that. So across this road. And uh small hill that I have to go up and since I'm doing ad hoc walk breaks I've just decided I'm walking the hills so <coughs> could easily run it but well, I think once I get to this seam in the road it's probably about 300 feet away We'll go down to another walk. Currently doing a 9.55 mile and talking to you. Hopefully somewhat lucidly and walk. Alright. So, very good. I'm 1.88 miles into my run. I mentioned this before, but I'm basically just trying to stay in some sort of shape with all the sitting that I have to do now because it's all work from home. Um, hopefully, if you have a job that lets you go to work, um, that's what you're doing. If you have a job that doesn't let you go to work, you're doing what I'm doing. 
you're still working, but you're doing it from home. I realize there are some people um, more than we would certainly like who are just sitting. They have no job right now. It's just sitting and waiting. And that's, that's hard. That's very, very hard. Um, I mean, as a group, we don't do waiting very well as Americans. It's not our strong suit. We're more of the immediate, you know, instant gratification kind of culture, which isn't necessarily a good thing, right? It's nice that we can provide that, but having that as an expectation isn't particularly a good thing. Sometimes you just have to wait. So this is one of those times. So anyway... couple more steps and we'll get back to a run or a jog whatever we're calling this right so very happy with how I'm doing um, considering this has been a year of respiratory illness for me so I think I've had a total of maybe two two and a half weeks this entire year where I've been completely healthy. <clears throat> it might be three. But it's definitely not much more than three. So. So with that as the backdrop, the fact that I can talk to you still run at a sub 10 minute pace is a very good thing. So. so every kind of bird we get is out now. I've heard our robins are back in force. The cardinals never left. Haven't seen a blue jay yet. I'm sure they're not far away. I've seen our nut hatches, our uh, finches. I've heard our woodpeckers. They're back. So apparently the birds think winter is over. Meteorologically speaking, it is. So. Huh. so we've got thistle that's starting to grow on this farmer's field to my left. You can tell it because it pops up early. You get that little purple head, and so I have a very low field of purple to my left, and it's that kind of pinkish purple that our local thistle is. That's popping up right now. So, got some color on that field. They've already gone through one, 
and tilled it for, uh, I would assume, wheat. Uh, there is some of that here, not a lot, but some. Mostly it's hay. I have seen some wheat. Um, it's too early for for corn. Corn will go in in May after the first crop of hay gets harvested. I'll take chance here. So, and we've got our larger birds that are out here as well. It's all very pretty right now. All very, very pretty. Of course, all of our scrub brush is greening up. So things that by the middle of May will be very thorny will be the kind of crap that if it's on your lawn or your yard that is a devil to get rid of. But this time of year, you're happy to see it turn green. Actually, you're happy to see anything turn green. So, slight hill here. As I go by the silos of the local farmer's place. already so next week I have a vacation day on Friday so that's when I'm gonna do my virtual swamp stomp half marathon I'll send them the uh, the data after I'm done so they can mail me my shirt my medal. This shirt, of course, I will proudly wear and the medal because it's a half marathon medal and they only have so much space. We'll go in a closet on a tie rack to be looked at maybe once or twice in the next year. like to get a place for my half marathon and shorter races, but we only have so much wall and I still want to do all 50 states for a marathon. So that was the agreement with my lovely wife. I will only display marathon medals. And I have 35 of those to display right now, so it's not a small display as far as that goes. I was on a, uh, on a call for work yesterday, and that was the backdrop, because that's where I'm doing my work from home in our little office. 
we have at the house where our personal laptop lives. And now my work laptop. So, a number of people at work commenting on all the metals behind my head. Hope you're doing well. Hope this ends shortly for all of us. As far as this being cooped up stuff. But, yeah, if you get more days like today, well, at least the running will be good. So, there we are. All right. I'm gonna turn and at the end of this road we'll do another ad hoc walk break. I think this may be my last walk break for this run. It's either flat or downhill from here. So have any more real big uphills after this. So I'll just run straight through. And there's somebody mowing his lawn already. So once we turn around, I'll tell you a little thing about this area. A little story for you. Three, two, and one. Alright. Now we're walking back. So, so my area, alright, if you're from this area, you're colloquially known as a Yorker. Somebody from the city or the county of York. This is where I am. So if you're a Yorker, if you're a born and bred Yorker, you are, big word coming, fastidious when it comes to lawn care. Absolutely fastidious, meaning extremely precise, extremely neat, extremely well kept, all right? So if you are a Yorker, your lawn will never, ever, ever get above three inches in height. Never. Doesn't matter. If they have to come out with a pair of hand shears to get a certain area because it's not perfect, because maybe you've got some crabgrass in that area that's growing a little bit more, oh no. We'll come out with the hand shears, trim that down on our knees. Fastidious about the lawns. So I'm not surprised. Here's this guy already out end of March mowing his lawn because it's getting warm and the, the grass is starting to grow. It hasn't really taken off so it's still in a kind of that winter brown color. Um, so I always wait until it actually starts to green up a bit. 
it's just healthier for the lawn than cutting it while it's still kind of hibernating. But if you're a Yorker, born and bred, uh-uh. When that's three inches and one centimeter, vroom, vroom, out comes the lawnmower. We're clipping that sucker down. Yep. <coughs> All right. We're back to our road here, so we're going to go and back to a jog. Yeah, if you're familiar with a song from the monkeys called Pleasant Valley Sunday, it's actually my favorite song the monkeys did. This area, at least as far as lawn care goes, is very much Pleasant Valley. Yep. It's your kind of idyllic American kind of homesteading kind of place. You know, everything has to be just so. If it's your lawn anyway. So. Yeah, if you, uh, certainly if you live in a development, yeah, if you let your lawn grow to four inches, well, you'll get what four from your neighbors. What are you doing? Bringing the whole neighborhood down with your three and a half inch grass. Better get out there, buddy. We'll run you out of town. Ain't having that stuff here. So, they're a little less intense out in the country, so that works well for us. So, don't get me wrong, once we're into the second week of April, I'll be out every week mowing my lawn until about the week after uh, 4th of July because it'll just grow like crazy if you wait longer than that either through laziness or because of rain you're going to have a uh, you're going to have a lot of mowing to do when you finally get out there There you go. <clears throat> so. All right, well, this is coming up on 40 minutes. That's long enough for a show. I won't keep babbling all the way to the finish. I think we'll leave you here. So, uh, thanks for coming along. <clears throat> it's, uh, nice to have someone to talk to, even if it's only virtual, and uh, we'll speak again soon. Take care.